Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to our mini-series within a series looking at kids' show parodies of Peter and the Wolf. This time we're looking at a Tiny Toons take on the story, and joining me as before is Nikki from Trivial Theater. I think I took care of most of the intro in the first episode, so let's get on with today's episode looking at Tiny Toons, Buster and the Wolverine. Okay, on to Tiny Toons, Buster and the Wolverine. Yes. They're tiny, they're toony, they're all a little loony. <laughs> How familiar with with Tiny Toons are you? Uh, you I, grew up on, kid? I grew up on Looney Toons. Um, so yeah, there was a little bit of Tiny Toons that I was that I knew about, but I didn't really watch a ton of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand the characters and kind of how they play in and all that stuff. So yeah, that I'm same. I Looney Tunes every Saturday had to watch Looney Tunes. Yeah. That was the most important show. <laughs> and Tiny Tunes, we didn't have cable, so the only time I watched Tiny Tunes was like going to Grandma's house. And I I loved Tiny Tunes when I was able to watch it, but I didn't get to watch it very often. Just that was one of those shows that you could only see when you go to grandma grandpa's because they had cable and we didn't <laughs> little little uh little things like that are always awesome so yeah i watched tiny tunes off and on as a kid i got the dvds later on when they started releasing dvds so i've watched a lot more as an adult than i did as a kid and this was another one I guess I was expecting them to do I'm not I'm not sure how much of the music they used. I don't think they used any of it. I thought I heard maybe a tiny bit of it at one point, but I guess I was uh, this is another case where I was expecting them to do their own thing cuz they each had their own instruments that were not the instruments used in the actual symphony. So I expected them to play it themselves like on the trumpet and electric guitar and whatever mm-hmm. else they had. And they also didn't do a whole lot as far as like trying to do one-on-one comparisons for the characters because I I guess I expected Buster to be Peter but then you also had Babs too so I guess it would make sense for them to have both of them be in the Peter character role but then you have characters that like they don't fit into the story at all you have Hampton for some reason <laughs> the pig <laughs> And, and I mean, wasn't a pig in, in the movie or in the original thing. My goodness. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but you you have characters that they're like, they're perfect for the roles that they could have had, like Plucky Duck. And then you have Furball and Sweetie because there's a cat and a bird. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking, too, as it went along. It was it was odd that they didn't stick a little bit more with that. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they ran like they kind of went with their ideas, but then they kind of ran out and just kind of started scrambling for anything that would work. Yeah, and I I guess I expected it to be more close to the actual symphony, especially because of the way they opened with Elmira introducing, like, at an actual symphony hall. Yeah, the the cereal bowl. Yeah. Present tonight's Tiny Toon Musical Adventure, 
Buster and the Wolverine. <laughs> So I expected them to like do a full-on symphony performance in the vein of Looney Tunes, because like Looney Tunes did that kind of thing all the time. They had like full, I mean seven minutes, but like full-on opera and all sorts of different classical spoofs. And I thought that that's what this was going to be too, but it really wasn't. No, it definitely wasn't. Like it, they all kind of bring back the whole idea of how each character is represented by a different ant or different instrument and whatnot but that's really the only thing that connects them to what's going on otherwise yeah because and then they don't even have like they they make that connection at the beginning but then the the really the only connection is with the instruments is well they're in a marching band so this is the instrument that each one of them plays (laughs) yeah exactly and i will say as someone that played the flute uh tweet or uh sweetie is playing it all wrong I was very disappointed in that. <laughs> that seems to happen with a lot of cartoons. Like, you watch them, and it's like, it's obvious that they have no idea how this thing is played. Even, like, even me, who doesn't play really anything, I can, like, plink out a few things on a piano, but I can tell when people aren't playing things correctly. And it's also, like, it also bugs me, like, with cartoons. Like, you ever watch anyone knit in cartoons? It is obvious they have no idea how to knit because I know how to knit and they hold the, the, the needles all wrong. You will get nothing holding the needles like that. <laughs> like the stereotypical granny holding knitting needles and like a little a scarf like snakes out of the knit. That, that does not happen. <laughs> and the needles are basically held upside down and everybody always holds them right side up in cartoons. They do. They do. <laughs> But that's a whole other rabbit trail. <laughs> <laughs> another thing for another day. Yeah. The The one thing that I thought sounded vaguely similar to the actual symphony was when they said drums represent the Wolverine. And the drums sounded vaguely similar to the Hunter's theme. Because the Wolverine... I think the Wolverine's a French horn. Yep. Yep, at least according to the Sesame Street one. Yeah. So, he's not drums, but the Wolverine gets drums in this version. And I, that was the part where maybe they were using the music, but I'm not 100% sure there. Yeah. Well, and it's such a loose take. I mean, at least from the start, you get the idea that it's not specific. Like, they're taking inspiration from Peter and the Wolf, but it's not a specific, like straight adaptation of it yeah it was basically some nods here and there between a lot of ridiculous cartoon gags yeah 100 percent. i mean that kind of follows with tiny tunes but yeah yeah, it would have been cool to see more of the more of the the way that they did it with 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 uh with looney tunes Mm -hmm. and i will also add (laughs) my god i the animation in in this particular one and not to say that muppet babies has great animation by any stretch but it's relatively consistent the animation quality differs so much with like tiny tunes like it goes between okay and then it just goes downhill and then it's back up and i it's just us sitting there like oh my god (laughs) yeah there were a lot of moments where they were very off model and part of me is like 
maybe that's a choice that they made because they're just being really cartoony with it. But I don't know. They were really off model at times. Oh, yeah. Absolutely so. And I mean, you didn't necessarily get that. Like, that is kind of a thing of that era, it seems like. Like, you go with the, whether you're talking G.I. Joe or Jem or this, they there is that lack of quality, consistent quality. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's going to be bad animation, fine, have it be bad animation. But it goes from, you know, relatively okay to all of a sudden, you know, one finger is, you know, three times the size of the other ones. <laughs> well, maybe that was their stylistic choice i don't know <laughs> i suppose but even in that respect i mean it's it's a it's a small point in the grand scheme but and i get that it, it's not supposed to be consistent but even within their character stuff there should be some consistency mm-hmm. but i don't know thing of the age <laughs> i suddenly feel like an old man yelling at the sky like get off my lawn you kids <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite part of this whole thing was Plucky, but Plucky's always been one of my favorite characters anyway. Oh, he's hilarious. I, I loved that he at the beginning his instrument was a bicycle horn. <laughs> <laughs> and he's upset about that. <laughs> and the way Elmira said a bicycle horn, I don't know. There's just something about the way she pronounced bicycle that cracked me up. <laughs> Represented by a bicycle What? A bicorn? For a star of my magnitude? It's an insult. And furthermore, I. I, I really enjoy Hamilton. He's just such a weird, just such a random character. And I don't know, like, spends his time sweeping and the whole like when we introduced to him with the tuba just the way he plays it it feels very very looney tunes esque <laughs> they do a good job of making things feel looney tunes esque oh very much like the they really it really is a spiritual successor to the looney tunes and the looney tunes show up in the show from time to time too and you even had one character in this the the minor bird thing mm-hmm. was from looney tunes Oh yeah, that was that was great. I I loved later on too when Plucky he's sick of like because he ended up swallowing the bicycle horn. He's sick of like having to squeeze his stomach. He wants a new instrument, and a pipe organ falls on his head, <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, a bagpipe right after that. <laughs> And then uh, his his line after that, when he's trying to, like, they think that Hampton has been eaten, so they're all trying to avenge his death, and he's going to be, he wants to be the one to capture it, and he says, they say music can soothe the savage beast. One toot on this musical vacuum cleaner, and Wolfie will be eating out of my hands. <laughs> and then the Wolverine snatches the bagpipe out of his hands and eats it. <laughs> <laughs> say music can sue the savage beast one toot on this musical vacuum cleaner and wolfie will be eating out of my hands somehow that's not quite what i meant i did also enjoy with plucky when the uh, he's like oh come on you know you've i've been getting the 
I don't remember how the line goes. Basically, the short end of the stick all day when it comes to instruments. Give me something good. And then he gets like the gigantic light and uh, music show. <laughs> the um, giant synthesizer machine. Yeah, that's such a thing of that age. And it was just yeah. so perfect. That was another instance where I was like, oh, they should totally do a synth version of the Peter and the Wolf's theme. <laughs> and then they didn't. <laughs> They just had it be a laser show that zapped the Wolverine. <laughs> well, it goes to show the power of music and lasers, I guess. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I, I kind of forgot about Sweetie, though. Like, her little bit was actually pretty cool. The, the different voices they pull in and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. All that stuff kind of yeah. worked. It, w- it was kind of a neat thing to see, like, just the variation of voices and all that good stuff. Yeah, I like Sweetie. Tweety's always been like my favorite, so I I like Sweetie as just like she's Tweety's protege, I guess. Like each one has the Looney Tune that they look up to, and mm-hmm. so I like her for that reason. But I also she's her own character too, and I love the different voices that she does. Like you said, like when she gets really mad and like she has a really deep voice. <laughs> <laughs> Furball? Somewhere in these woods lurks a hideous, drooling monster. A beast who lives only to feed off the weak and the helpless. His one driving thought. Eat! 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 No one is safe from his terrible appetite. We are all just meat on the plate for him. Tender little morsels waiting to be snapped up. Who will be his next victim? The suspense snapped Furball's tiny mind. Hold on, cat. I'll save you. Now you relax and look at the pretty stars. I guess I didn't relax him enough. I was looking at the end, too. Just some of the, um, the voice talent that they use for this. Like, there's still, a lot of them are still doing it. And not to say this was like 50 years ago, but a lot of that voice talent is still doing a lot of voice work today. Mm-hmm. They're talking Cree Summer or um, I'm trying to think who the other people were. I mean, most of them I recognized as, oh, well, they do this and they do that and whatnot. So, yeah, you have, of course, Tress McNeil. She's, she's everywhere. <laughs> like, she's oh, yeah. one of the most prolific voice actresses that i can recognize anyway i was just looking here who else um frank welker i mean he did everything like you know he did he did so much stuff with like uh, scooby-doo going all the way back and yeah it's it's amazing charlie adler and i mean the the list goes on and you recognize the voices but they manage to make them unique enough to kind of keep it keep it different Mm -hmm. with each thing they do yeah i'm wondering i mean a lot of them are probably still working i'm because there's they're working on a reboot of of Tiny Toons. Really? And yeah, uh-huh. and I'm wondering how many of these cuz like when they did Animaniacs, they got everybody back. So I'm hoping they'll do the same for this. Although I've heard they're not going to have Elmira, which I'm annoyed about cuz I always loved Elmira. <laughs> yeah, they kind of do that though. Like um you look at like the last Space Jam and they left out Pepe Le Pew because he was considered problematic. I, and I don't know what it would be about Elmira, maybe because she's just kind of a animal abuser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that or I mean, but it's, she's... it's a cartoon, so it's yeah. not like there everybody gets abused in some way. 
Oh, agreed. Agreed. But I suppose it depends on, I don't know, maybe it's the, she's not exactly the most intelligent apple to fall out of the tree. I don't know. I know I'm, I might be in the minority and really liking her. Cause I know like when she was paired up with Pinky and the Brain for that short lived spinoff, people were furious about it. Really? Wow. I thought it was hilarious, of course, because I like her and I like <laughs> Pinky and the Brain. I was like, this is such a weird combination and I love it. But then it was canceled after like 13 episodes because nobody okay. liked it. Yeah. People can be finicky, you know, um, when they look back to like, oh, well, this isn't the Pinky and the Brain. Like how, you know, you're, you're, you've got these resources and you're spending it on putting these two together, you know, let them, I don't know, be on their own and be better. It's hard to know. People can be so strange about stuff. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, too, I liked the scene with when the Wolverine captures Sweetie and Furball is like sobbing. <laughs> oh, poor little Sweetie, gone forever. It's not fair. I wanted to eat her. when everybody gets eaten just that whole sequence i don't know like it, it's so it's so silly it's, it's they're so like, oh, looney tunes alive inside hey guys you all right <laughs> he like puts a bill in front of his face you know looks like everything's okay except for your bill here you go and he just gets all angry and stuff <laughs> <laughs> dr bills will never not be funny <laughs> At least uh, until generation. you're given one <laughs> yes yes well, I think that's probably all I've got for this one. Basically, it's not good as a, as a Peter the Wolf adaptation, but it's still very entertaining as a ridiculous cartoon. Oh, 100%. And it definitely... The Muppet Babies for... I mean, it's a, it's a cute little show, but it felt long. Like, you could... you could It yes. felt almost half an hour. Yes. This one didn't. Like, it still it had yeah. moments where it dragged, but by and large... It was much more entertaining. It had a lot more going on. The characters were more dynamic. But again, just looking at the shows, there's a much different demographic, generally speaking. Yeah. Tiny Toons basically is kind of an all-ages show. Like, I mean, they market it to kids, but they make it specifically for anybody. Like, literally anybody can watch it and be entertained. Oh, yeah. And Muppet Babies, it's for little kids. <laughs> Exactly. I was I was kind of bored. Yeah, and it's again it 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 fits the it fits the the demographic that it's supposed to hit, mm-hmm. and it was probably a cool way for little kids to learn about you know even if just a little bit of an introduction to Peter and the Wolf. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it definitely if you're anyone outside of that, it did lack a bit. So. Thanks for listening to this episode of Every Version Ever. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to the Every Version Ever YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.